hi there. I can see that you're one of the smart ones who decided to listen to the second half of this interview. Yeah, Daddy always says that the second half is better, but no one ever listens to it. Hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, uh nothing. We gotta go. Sorry. Enjoy the rest of the second half. Bye. Get out of there. Hola, bienvenidos. This is Richard Wilson. With this podcast, there are no electives. Every program is a prerequisite. The semester is in session. It's season two of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Chris Beyer, and my co-host, as always, is Jim Martin. Tonight's guest is Matt Kempel. This is the second half of a two-part interview with Matt Kempel. Matt is the owner and producer of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival and also the founder, and he's also in charge of Milwaukee Comedy, which can be found at milwaukeecomedy.com. In the whole comedy scene, when you started, you started washing dishes, right? Also, now you're the owner. You, is Something that how like it starts? Well, no. I uh, The company started kind of accidentally. The comedy scene was real small years ago, and I just started a blog because I wanted to know when stuff was happening. It was really... Oh, that okay. was it. And then it got into the fe- the festival. It was like, oh, we can use the website as a way to promote the festival. At the time, grassroots sort of underground thing. Like, and let's when, just see. When were you writing the blog? Uh, I mean, this was all 14, 15 years ago was when all that kind of started. Okay. So the fest just this uh, year celebrated 14 years. Oh, wow. Okay, and cool. uh, it's grown into the largest multi-day comedy event in the state of wisconsin that's awesome you couldn't really see local comedy the way that you can now it just didn't exist in town mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden starting to put shows together and this and that and then the fest came about as just kind of an excuse to get everybody who was performing to come together and do a festival and i called it the first annual as a joke because i never thought we would do it again <laughs> right, and then right. we just kept doing it oh that's cool where are venues in milwaukee the people view comedy as a company we produce 10 to 12 shows a month all over the city so our biggest show is at lakefront brewery which is a really fun space because they have that big beer hall mm-hmm. and then actually not too far from here off of elite street there is uh, this place called dandy that's one of our smaller shows it's like a retail shop but they also have like a wedding venue in there and stuff like that so oh, interesting. we've done shows there we so we do them in breweries coffee shops um you know some different size theaters and things like that. Just again, all over the city, just trying to create comedy as in as many places as we can, just kind of bring it to the people. Where is the festival held? Uh, it's at a number of venues. This last one, we did a number of shows at Shank Hall, which is on the east side. And then our big headliner event was at Turner Hall Ballroom. Uh, we did our big kickoff event at Lakefront Brewery. Okay. And then a bunch are at the Underground Collaborative, which is the venue that I run. So, oh, okay. And who was the headliner? Uh, it's this guy, Ari Schaffer, really funny I've comic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's on Netflix and Comedy Central and all those shows. So he's got a brand new uh, special coming out. And he's been touring as part of that. So we were oh, able cool. to work with him. And this year was a real... Uh, kind of turning point for us. Every year, it kind of gets a little bit bigger and better. And this year, 
we just collaborated with a lot more local businesses and um, did things in a little bit different way and had a lot more headliners on our schedule than we had in the past. So it was it was very exciting and gets me excited for year 15 and beyond. Yeah, sure. Yeah, what other great. headliners? Ari Shafir, I've heard of him. Other, Yeah, uh, Judah Friedlander. Uh, he's yeah, from he's, 30 Rock. Right. He's got an incredible Netflix special and so it was exciting to work with him. Uh, Beth Stelling. And then uh, Todd Berry was our um, other headliner for the festival. Okay. He's been on like Letterman 40 times or yeah. 30 times or something oh, really? like that. Yeah. Jim, oh, okay. and, Jim and I have been in the business for about a year and a half. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long ride. You've witnessed our mer- mercurial rise to the top of the It's incredible. Account. Yeah, right. yeah, our, our yeah. numbers are stealthily low. <laughs> right, we yeah. like to fly under the radar. Yeah, we're way, way under the radar. Yeah. Way, right. we're we're right. ground level. We don't want anybody to see us coming. Yeah, that's right. Uh, another big uh, comedy force in Milwaukee is comedy sports. Do you mm-hmm. work with them at all? I have in the past. I t- I took a lot of classes with them, and that was actually my first uh, exposure to improv. Was working with comedy sports back in college. Um, I was working on a lot of plays. I got a degree in theater. So uh, these theater games we would do were all kind of co- comedy sports-based games, and I learned a lot about improv and such from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, one year we did the comedy festival there, um, uh, but our fest has taken uh, more of a stand-up uh, effort in the last few years. As opposed mm-hmm. to sketch. As yeah, opposed sketch to improv, and improv. Right. It used to actually be called the Sketch and Improv Festival, and right. there wasn't any stand-up in it. Right. But oh. the comedy scene and the culture in the city has changed a whole lot over the years, so mm-hmm. now there's just a lot more stand-up happening. There's been maybe a new uh, renaissance of stand-up going yeah. on. The, the big boom was back in the 80s, right? That was when things took off, and then there was a bust, mm-hmm. and now things are kind of coming back around. Yeah, it's interesting. Technology had a lot to do with it. In the 80s and 90s, you have cable television. HBO started to produce live comedy, uh, recording live comedy shows and Mm -hmm. putting that stuff out there. And um, the late night circuit, uh, I think in the 70s it started. But um, in the 80s, that was, you know, pretty much every other week they would have a stand-up comic on. And that was what determined if you were an expert in your field as if you were on one of those shows. Oh, okay. Now it's very interesting being on those shows is kind of a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have as much of a uh, weight as it used to. So now if you have a comedy central credit and a late night credit of some sort, a Conan credit, then you're doing pretty good, but it m- might still be years until you get that Netflix special or you get some kind of a prime time exposure. Sure. Well, because, and I would imagine it's because uh, there's so many other venues out there. I mean, you know, you can YouTube, you can you can do Netflix, you can do HBO, Showtime. I mean, this, you're flooded with all these yeah. channels and, and information. So. And not just access to, like, comedy as much as you want, but the exact type of thing that makes you funny versus what makes you funny versus what makes somebody else funny. Mm-hmm. You can find that niche so specifically you you used to there there could only be a certain number of huge comics right. because it had to be more mainstream you had oh, to yeah. get as many audience members as possible but now there's really obscure comics that do you know real raunchy comics real clean comics everything in between and you can find exactly what you like and be a fan of that type of comedy there used to be water cooler shows like Seinfeld or 60 minutes or whatever where everybody was talking about it well now there's a fragmentation the comic used to be big if he was broad, 
and now it they can be big if they're niche. You know, they yeah. have their they have their uh, hardcore followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We went to uh, open mic night one time down ah. at Comedy Sports on the on the little stage, mm-hmm. and um, we saw the that was where we saw the the guy we were talking about before, which we can't remember his name. But then at the end of the night, they had you know you can pay five bucks or whatever, and you get up and for your five minutes, right? Whew. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I give them credit for actually getting up there, but boy, there were I think there were five people and like four of them were just I mean if like if I'm watching I guess the, what I'm getting at is if I'm watching tape of those kind of guys I want to just clobber myself in the head because <laughs> the, the funniest can't watch the that. funniest thing about about that night and watching those guys was that these guys were bombing but they were going to keep going forward and you started laughing at the awkwardness right yep. mm-hmm. and you started laughing at the fact that they had to realize this was going nowhere, yet they were just going to keep plowing ahead. Yep. And so all the humor was had in the awkwardness and in the in the fact that these guys weren't going to break their bit, even if it wasn't working. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, to me, that that kind of gumption right. that you get, that's what you really need to have in, if you're going to be pursuing comedy. Right, sure. uh, Because I've seen excellent comics that have years and years of experience bomb. Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. that can be like a train wreck to see it's like when you know how good something can be and then you see it in a different light and you're like oh wow wow and there's so many different factors to that you know mm-hmm. if you're trying new material or i mean occasionally the audience is just not in a laughing mood you know you're doing like a monday night show or yeah. doing something on like a sunday afternoon it's just kind of tough to want yeah. to get them out. But, you know, you got a crowd full of people Friday, Saturday night. People are having a couple of drinks or whatever it might be. They're much looser and, yeah, you can get away with a lot more. So yeah. it's interesting. You can tell those same exact jokes in each of those environments and get a very different reaction. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. On those particular nights, you could probably just walk out there and stand in front of the mic and people are <laughs> going to laugh because they're there to laugh. It makes it much easier that way. They're ready to go. Yeah, it's a, I, I see that happen too. Sometimes... An audience is just uh, in the industry. You'd say they're on fire, uh, which uh-huh. is ironic as the sirens go right, by. Right. <laughs> but you'd say like, "Wow, this audience is so hot! They're they're on fire, or right. you're killing it." All of those terms are right. you know things that come out in the industry. Yeah, your main thing is to book comet. Yeah, pr- to produce. I what I like to say is I put the puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts. You're working with a lot of different personalities you're working with venue owners um comics i have you know a small staff of people i work with and it's a matter of you know just try to make everybody happy especially the audience and to me Mm -hmm. that's the only way i feel like i've done my job audience is happy performers are happy then i'm happy right and so you're main you're you're the guy to go to in milwaukee if a comic is looking to come here to a smaller venue yeah you're not booking things at the riverside or anything no although i do get contacted by the paps theater group to uh book openers for their shows every so often Oh, cool so not like everything that comes through and that's kind of weird because sometimes the venue as in like the Riverside, they'll be told, we need you to find us an opener, like right now. Okay. Um, and then that goes through <laughs> management from somebody from Are out they of snarky state. like that? Do they just, you know. Well, it's just very like, we don't have an opener for this. We need local support is what the term would be. Oh, okay. So uh, if it's somebody where they're like, they need somebody local right now, they'll call me right away. That happened uh, for Dave Chappelle. That happened for a couple of 
comics where I literally got a phone call from them and they're like, we need you to find somebody right now. And then what can be even really awkward is the Pabst isn't even necessarily making that choice. It's the management of the person that's going to be performing on okay. stage oh, okay. and they want to see the videos and they're the ones making the decision. Uh -huh. So I might send them the clips of like the best comics in town and they're like, none of these people are what we're looking for. We need, you know, and sometimes it comes down to, we just need a woman or we want a person of color or we want, you know, somebody whose jokes aren't similar to the kind of jokes right. that are going to be on sure. stage. Right. And it probably feeds into that whole niche, micro niche yeah. uh, comedy. Yeah. And then on that aspect, on those real big shows, sometimes it really is kind of a crapshoot. Mm -hmm. And with the comedy festival years ago, you know, we had every choice in who would be opening for whom and now we had to negotiate and i had you know when i was booking those bigger comics i put in the contract we get to decide who opens for those comics because oh, okay. it's important uh -huh. to me that somebody local or regional has an opportunity to work with somebody you know that's bigger than them and right that way their career is getting better you know they have those opportunities yeah, so that's, now that's cool. stating that who are some of the names out there locally and regionally that you think are getting big and are going to be bigger? There are a lot of names. I'm almost reluctant to mention them because individually. Because you're going to miss a couple, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's just it. I um, There might be 30 excellent comics in town. Um, but if I really think about it, I might think of like three or four off the mm -hmm. top of my head. I'm like, oh, We geez, don't know them. Say the names. We're fine. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, so lo locally, Carly Mallison, uh, she hosts the Dandy Show I mentioned earlier that's sure. down the street oh, okay. from here. Mm -hmm. And she got that opportunity because she's an excellent comic. So every month she gets to, she if she chooses to, she can do five minutes of new material. Right. She mm -hmm. can do old stuff, whatever. But she's worked her butt off mm -hmm. and writes jokes that are funny mm -hmm. and she you know puts the, the work in right mm -hmm. and another woman dana airman a similar story and she's had a chance if you know who like charlie barons is the um sounds familiar from man of Talk minute guy he oh, does. Yeah. oh yeah mm -hmm. so dana's opened for him because she's worked very hard and that was one of those things where they said send us a clip and it it's got to be a woman mm -hmm. and it has to be clean. And so between Carly and Dana, they're both excellent comics. They're both women, but one is dirty. One is clean. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. Dana's a cleaner comic. And so that for that particular thing, she was the one that they had to go with. Sure. Um, but Carly opened for Steve-O. Who's from the like the Jackass crew? Yeah. Right. Dana couldn't open for him. That oh sure, it wouldn't right. work. Yeah. The audience right. would tear her apart. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's a good example of how you know they're just you never know what you're gonna get. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Nice. One guy I knew, and this guy's it'll be long in the tooth. Are you familiar with the name Steve Marmel or Steve Marmel? No, I don't think so. Yeah, he went on. To, he was in Hollywood and did some production of. Oh, what was the name of that show? Um, uh, could have been. Nah, I don't know. But anyway, it's not that important. When I went to school at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, he ended up becoming student council president <laughs> off the back of a comedy column they used to write in the paper. And that's how he got his notoriety. And then he became the student council president. And he used that as a platform for jokes and whatnot and became a bigger name. He went out to Hollywood and, and did oh, some cool. work out there. Was The Onion still being produced out of Madison when you were there? The Onion actually started after I was there. Okay. 
I wrote a column for the Badger Herald, which is one of the two newspapers. Mm-hmm. And it was more Onion-esque style. Sure. So you started Milwaukee Comedy. He I started The, the Onion. onion. Yeah. I started The Onion. Oh, in a way. So easy. I was right. inspiration yeah. for The Onion. Absolutely. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. They owe it to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I took some comedy sports classes. Ah. Uh, so basically, I pretty much you know propped up comedy sports in the city. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's basically what's I happened I think of here. the three of us, yeah. your comedy cred is the least, actually. <laughs> Probably. Right, yeah. We, you're, yeah. Yeah. You're up and coming. <laughs> yeah. That's why we put you on the podcast. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. You know, give your career yeah. a boost. Yeah. You know, Thanks. help you out a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that little website you got. That's cute. I'm sure it's a nice little website. Was <laughs> it Microsoft Word? Uh, Microsoft Paint document. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I just paint. scan them in. I print them out, scan them in. Okay, there you go. And then just tape them to my monitor. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. And then oh, you take a good. photo of it, and then... Yeah, yeah and then yeah. I mail them out to people. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Mail, sure, mail them. Yeah, that's good. Get on mailing list. That's you important. you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's simple. He's, yeah. A kid with, he's a kid with a dream. <laughs> he's got drive. Tell yeah. You. Maybe we shouldn't talk age, but you might be one of our younger... You're in your 30s, maybe? Be- just barely. I'm almost 40. By the Actually, when this airs, it'll probably almost It'll be, be my 40. birthday. Yeah. When is your birthday? If you if October. You, if you feel comfortable. Just October. That's like, yeah. I mean, the yeah. whole entire month. Just the whole, yeah, yeah. I get older just one yes. day at a time. But Kempel it's fest. for the yeah. yeah. I, I've I've insisted over the years that I get my birthday month. Yeah. First it was like my my birthday, of course. Then it was birthday weekend. Birthday then it was birthday week. week, and now it's gonna it's my birthday month. It's yeah. July. It just everybody celebrates all month. You skipped the fortnight. You know, yeah, you went from week to month. That's, right. that's a bold move. Well, I'm bold. You're bold, yeah. I, I when there's fireworks involved with yeah. your birthday. Parades. You, know, you got to... Fireworks, festivals. You mentioned that this podcast, I believe, will come out either late October or early November. And we're recording here in late August. It's going to be right around the time I'm going to be doing a, um, a like an Alzheimer's walk that we, I'm not sure, I forget when it is. It's a little um, ironic, don't you think? This, if I miss it, if I miss it, it'll be like the fourth year in a row I missed it. Uh, I've got to write it yeah, down. It's... But um, Jim knows this about me. I'm talking about fun runs and runs and whatnot. Yep. And we have this friend that lives in Chicago, and he's involved with the Chicago Marathon. Oh, yeah. The Chicago Marathon will happen about the time this comes out. He's one of the guys who helps organize it. He helps with the water station. <laughs> See the water boy? Well, yeah, he's a water boy. And I volunteered to help, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did this last year as well. Oh, okay. I went to Costco and I bought like every paper cup they had. And I got there and they had cups. They already had them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys, I got like a couple hundred cups. If you want them, when you leave. From last year? From last year. You can't can't use those cups now. (laughs) They're expired, Yeah, you can't get rid of those things. You can't use last year's cups. Cups are bad? I mean, it's those little, what do they call those things? Dixie uh, cups? Dixie cups, Come on. You're not going to try and. They got a shelf life. You're not going to try and, like... Foist? You foist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> foist these expired dis- Dixie cups on us, are you? I don't know. Really? Matt? You I mean, won't take them either, Matt. I think, I think you're okay. We're not good enough for, I mean, for current You think cups? I'm okay, but are you taking them? I mean, I'll, I'll, take, you, I'll take your cups if, uh, you know, I might need to you. hand out little thank waters you. to people. Yeah. yeah. I might have days I just I want to feel like a giant. So drinking out of a little cup is... That's, that's fun to do. You know what? Yeah. I, prefer, I prefer current cups. Those little Dixie cups, yeah. they could use those at like Denny's for the orange juice. That could be the large. That's the large. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to pay extra. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get the thimble for the small and you get the yeah. Dixie cup for the large. Yeah. Right. Why is that little orange juice like $8? You should be able to buy a whole Denny's for $8, I yeah. think. A Grand Slam? The Grand Slam's like four bucks. Says, I got the, the juice yeah. Grand Slam. I got the tomato, the orange, uh, oh, the grape, wow. well and the grapefruit. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Juice, juice slam. slam. <laughs> that's a that's a new one they got there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Did it, you get did you say grape? Yeah, I got grape, okay. grapefruit. Grapefruit, okay. And uh, lemonade? orange. Huh? Lemonade? Listen to the tape here. I got I got the I, tomato. I missed it the all. The orange, the grape, and the grapefruit. No lemonade. No. That's not a juice. It's not a juice. It's I, an aid. I mean I it's an yeah. aid. There's limeade, lemonade. There's not orange aid. Grape. There is orange aid. Is there? Well, there I is, but so. it's not a juice. It's limeade, lemonade. It's not a juice. It was a juice slam. It wasn't an aid slam. They got an aid slam. I got the juice slam. Hmm. I don't know. Yes. No, I know. I was there. <laughs> I, don't, I, worked I think at, lemonade's I worked, a juice. I worked at Denny's. <laughs> I, I worked at Denny's I when I was growing up. I yeah. think you squeeze lemons to get lemonade. I think it's a juice. What do you get for your, your grand slam if you get four items? What do you get? Matt? Let's Ooh. go with the guest. Matt? Oh, okay. I got to go bacon, first choice, bacon. right away. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe can you get like a pan pancakes and yeah. a waffle? Yeah, uh, just go waffles, crazy with it. I, I think that's probably the same. I mean, it's, it's okay. Both, uh, I do pancake, both, an egg, um, yeah, yeah, bacon, and then maybe hash browns. Throw those in there. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. But the the um, uh, the marathon. Yeah, back the to distance. That. Yeah, the distance is what Matt, our guest. I am not a runner, Jim, by any stretch 2. of the twenty six point two miles. Yeah. And why is it twenty six point two miles? Because it's uh, it's actually in meters, right? No kilometers. No, no, no. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna inform you here. Right. I thought you'd know. But nineteen oh eight. Yeah, they had run the marathon a, a couple of times in the Olympics, and it had been varying distances of twenty some miles. You know, twenty four, twenty five, whatnot. And in nineteen oh eight, they uh, the distance was from Windsor Castle to White City Stadium in London. Mm-hmm. And it was twenty six point two. You know that there's like some British runner that was like, you know, I know a shortcut. We don't have to go all that way. You, you figure somebody's down the line like sure. 26.2. Hell, I'll get, you, I'll get us yeah. there in 15. Yeah, right. Yeah. But anyway, they took that distance and it became the standardized distance. Really? For that. That's but, interesting. There you go. Is. 26.2 is a, a weird number. You never hear of weird distances like in the Olympics. They don't have like the official for the swimmers saying, you know, now time for the 106-yard backstroke. Or the, no, you know, no. It's, no. It's, it, they, you know, they got 100 meters, right? Right. Yeah. Well, what about furlongs? Furlong, Fortnite. Fathoms, maybe. Fathoms, Fathoms for yeah. the sea diving divers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, I mentioned <clears throat> uh, the backstroke. The weird thing about the backstroke is they jump in the water before they start swimming. That is interesting. Yeah. And they're facing, Start in the water. They're starting in the water, and they're facing the start line. You know, imagine you're like a novice swim official, and you're about to say, "Okay, time for the hundred meter backstroke," and everybody and jumps in the pool. It's like, like you know, I'm the substitute teacher. Everybody's pranking me. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, you know, I mean, right. That's gotta freak them out. <clears throat> you all you know? got a fault. Everybody's yeah. just everybody's once. disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole backstroke thing, it seems like a setup for a prank. They <laughs> tell people to go as fast as they can. Not looking on their backs yeah. towards a wall. Towards a concrete wall. Put goggles wall. on. Cover them up. Yeah. Yeah. How do the backstrokers know when to turn? Uh, they uh, they can feel the wall, right? Or No, wait. I mean, when they're going like this, I mean, they don't hit so, the wall. So, so are you watching these backstrokers yeah. in the back? They got their yeah. hand back yeah, there. Yeah, right. That's, that's what I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt, how do backstrokers know, know is when there to a, turn? Is there a mirror? They're yeah. looking above? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's like in those garages they got like the oh, fisheye the mirror they count <laughs> they count they, don't they count strokes they're like counting cards and in, in 21 or something like <laughs> yeah. that yeah in 21 you're not supposed to count cards right backstroke you're not supposed to count strokes you're disqualified if you're counting you can't count strokes 
well, that illegal. makes sense. It's can't illegal. Can't do it. And you, can, and you can always tell the guy's like doing this with his eyes. Like, ah, there he is. He's counting. You're no, out of here. No, what it is, you guys don't know this. I was a swimmer. I didn't know. Have you ever seen poles there with flags? That's how you know it's coming. On either side of the pool, they've okay. got these flags that hang over the pool. Oh, over the oh, pool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. backstrokers see the flags and oh, they have It's the counted. warning track. It's the warning track of swimming. Okay. Yeah, only there's no dirt on the bottom of the pool. But I mean, um, there should be. Maybe yeah. it's even better than. <laughs> yeah, and so they've they know when that's coming up based upon that. Okay. And okay. I'm thinking again, this novice official. Yeah. You know, he's walking on the deck, runs into this pole, and thinks this is another prank. Yeah. On the other side of it, though, what if it's Flag Day? There's too many flags. Somebody on the uh, the design crew doesn't know the rule. <laughs> they're, 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 no, they're, just putting flags everywhere, willy nilly. Yeah. Straight. Like, Those per- are the two guys that put the up the flags. And, is yeah. Willy. And Willie Nilly. 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 Yeah, yeah. Right. they're in charge yeah. of flags. Flag guys. Yeah. <laughs> you got the four yeah. strokes in swimming. The breaststroke. Breaststroke. Backstroke. Yeah. Freestyle, right? Freestyle. Does that count? Freestyle. Freestyle. Like a rap, like doing a rap type of thing? Yeah. <laughs> and the butterfly. In the freestyle, it's you can do whatever you want. Yeah. The Australian crawl, you could do whatever you want. Let's open. Which one's actually What's fastest? the Australian crawl? I want to know what that one is. <laughs> don't remember that? <laughs> was that after it, you eat at Outback? <laughs> it's when you get back. You got to crawl. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the Australian crawl is an appetizer at Outback. You yeah. heard the Bloomin' Onion, the Australian crawl? Yeah. Austra- they, don't you remember to call an Australian crawl? No. No. Front crawl. Front crawl. Australian crawl. Uh, nope. Freestyle. Doggy style. Yeah, do- oh, doggy paddle. Dog doggy paddle. paddle. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Family show, buddy. Yeah, you talked about the dirty comics, the clean comics. <laughs> This is the dirty promoter. <laughs> the dirty yeah. style. Well, hey, with that, I want to thank our pro. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Get on out. On that note, now that, now that he's slipped up, uh, I want to thank our promoter here, Matt Kempel, who, uh, Matt, why don't you give us a pl- give your uh, business and your uh, um, your services a plug here before we wrap it up. Oh, sure, yeah. Put shows on all over town at venues all over the place. You can go to milwaukeecomedy.com and check it out. Well, hey, one thing we do, we count down to the finish. So Jim's got a marker to put his music in. All right. So we count right. down three, two, one, and then he does his thing. So here we go. Three, three two, two, one. Music. Well, thanks again, Matt. It's beautiful. We really appreciate you coming in. It is. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for having me on it. I hope, I hope that was all right. You guys are fun. I think well, it'll turn out good. Right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I thought it'd be funny. You said comedy in the name. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Yeah. That was your you first met the guy. mistake. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. All right. What the hell? <laughs> it's, it's a couple hours of my life. No yeah. big deal. All right. Well, can't get it back. <laughs> let's clap it out. <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast with our guest, longtime Milwaukee DJ, Steve Palak, when we hear Jim put his foot in his mouth yet again. Today, we have a longtime DJ from the Milwaukee area. Steve Palak is with us. Steve has been in radio for 45 years. Right. So he was at WQFM for a long time, which uh, for those of us who are old, like the three of us here, right. uh, remember that was a long time ago. He's uh, currently doing a show called Rock and Roll Roots, 96.5 WKLH, and that airs Sunday mornings. And he's also uh, dabbled in real estate, commercial real estate, for the last 35 years. I wouldn't call it dabbling. It's more, yeah. it's yeah. pretty serious. Why it's, did you call it dabbling? Because I was, I was kind of being... Uh, Don't start out bad with the guests. Yeah. Just start out. <laughs>
You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.